Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Thank you, GT Worship. Thank you for leading us to the presence of the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ruth, chapter 2. It's our third sermon in the series, From Tragedy to Triumph. We'll begin reading in verse 2, read down to verse 3. We'll skip down to verse 8, and then down to verse 15. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. One day, Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go out into the field to pick, to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by someone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, notice that, as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. And then the writer gives us this clue, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Go down to verse 8, if you would. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women. Go down to verse 15. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. <laughs> Other words, let her go where the abundance is found. Let her go where there is plenty. Don't stop her. Don't hinder her. Don't, don't deny her desire. Let her gather among uh, the sheaves. Pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Can somebody say amen? Now let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our life. Thank you for this wonderful day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, as there's physical rain outside, I pray for a greater outpouring of your spirit here in this sanctuary. Open our hearts to receive. And all God's people said, amen. Today, we're going to look together at the plan of God to give Ruth a double portion to bless her beyond her own thoughts and comprehension. See, I believe God the Father has a plan to bless you. 
I believe God the Father has a plan to bless us and to give us a double portion. Today, I have titled my thoughts, Handfuls on Purpose. Today, we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is a wonderful day, day that we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon uh, the early church. Pentecost was and is a harvest festival. It was a festival celebrating the end of the barley harvest. That word Pentecost comes from the Greek word which means 50. And it's the 50th day after Passover. In the Old Testament festival, it's called Shavuot, meaning the festival of weeks because it occurs seven weeks after Pentecost or after the Passover. Other names include the Feast of Harvest because of its relationship with harvest season. It's also called the Day of First Fruits because two loaves of newly ground grain were presented before the Lord. And the Feast of Weeks was one of the three Old Testament pilgrimages, festivals where individuals in Judaism would return to Jerusalem so that is why there was a great crowd gathered on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. This festival was primarily a harvest festival and celebrated the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. See, Pentecost tells us there's the beginning, there's the end of something, but there's the beginning of something new. And I'm here to remind you today that we are living in the hour of the double portion. We're living in the hour where God has designed to pour his spirit out. No longer do we have to go to a temple in Jerusalem, but the double portion lives and resides within each of us. And he wants to anoint you and empower you for a greater blessing and usefulness today. Can somebody say amen? The first mention of Pentecost in the New Testament is in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. It is on this day, 2,000 years ago, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. This is the birth of the church and anointing. It's the birth of the church in power. It's the birth of the church in favor. And I want to remind you today, we're living in the age of the favor of the Lord. We're living in the age where God favors you. And what he favors, he will bless. What he favors, he will anoint. What he favors, he will empower. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. This is the double portion the church needs in the 21st century. This is the handfuls of purpose the Spirit of God has ordained for us. Now may you and I engage in the harvest. For Ruth found handfuls on purpose when she was in the field. Did you hear me? When she was in the field, she found handfuls on purpose. The first thing in your notes I want you to write is this. Point number one, in search for kindness. In search for kindness, going back to verse 2, 
One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Naomi was her mother-in-law, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So she went out to gather grain behind the harvesters, and as it happened, she found herself working in the field that belonged to Boaz. First thing I want you to notice in this point is this. She was under authority. As we look for spiritual lessons in our story today, my attention is taken to the first phrase of verse 2. Ruth asked Naomi, let me go into the harvest fields. Now, as a matter of interest, you and I are allowed to appear inside a healthy family relationship where there is respect and there is authority. It is in this story of scriptures that has served for centuries as an example of family love. It has served for centuries as an example of of loyalty. See, authority is important in one's life. I know it's not popular today to talk about authority, but authority is important in one's life. The first place where we learn authority as children is in the family unit. And if we fail to learn proper submission to authority in the family, it will bring lasting negative results in our lives later. See, the breakdown of authority in the family unit is a source of great calamity today. So a question for us to ponder this day is, how can we submit to a God in whom we have never seen when we cannot submit to those we do see? See, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. We don't want anybody... Uh, imposing authority on us, but then we say, I submit myself to God. How can we submit ourselves to a God that we have not seen when we have problems submitting to authority that we do see? I would submit to you today that if we have problems submitting to the authority that God has placed in our life, whether it's through government or whether it's through the church or whether it's in the family, then we have a problem with God himself. We have a problem with authority, his authority in our lives. What we see in this simple verse is Ruth's quiet submission to authority and relationships in her life. We learn from Scripture that as we submit to God's authority, then his blessings are released in our lives. I don't think you caught that today. When we submit to authority, God's authority, then his blessings are released in our lives. Ruth was searching for kindness, for the kindness of a harvester. She was relying upon cultural and spiritual principles of her day, where the owners of the field would allow the poor and the destitute, the widows and the orphans, to come behind the harvesters and glean from the leftovers. See, the ways of God are better than the delights of this world. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 84. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. 
I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. In our context, I'd rather gather corn from the leftovers of the fields that God's planted me in than the search for the riches of the world living in rebellion against God. I'm here to tell you today, church, we much rather be in the house of the Lord than the house of the wicked. Verse 11 in that same psalm says, For well, the Lord, God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing to those who do what is right. Catch that. He'll withhold no good thing to those who do what is right. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who trust in you. Ruth was looking for kindness. God was about to show his kindness to Ruth. And it had its genesis in the sphere of authority. So let me give you an important note here. When we come under the authority God has placed in our lives, we open the door for God to work kindness to us. And it is God's kindness, in his kindness, that he will withhold no good thing from us. Church, I believe God was preparing to bless Ruth. And I declare to you this day, God is preparing to bless those who surrender to his authority in their lives. When you surrender to the authority of Jesus Christ in and over your life, the blessings of God will begin to be poured out upon you. She was looking for stocks of grain. See, the law of Moses stated that the poor, the widowed, the orphaned among the people of Israel should be taken care of. And the law of Moses in the book of Leviticus 23, verse 22, the command is this, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields. Do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Show kindness to those who are less fortunate than you. Show kindness to those who are destitute among you. Show kindness to the poor. Because I am the Lord, your God. Ruth and Naomi, and Ruth particular, is seen as taking the initiative to do something about her circumstances. She was following the principles of the word of God. Let me give you a little insight here. May we follow the principles of the word of God. And by doing so, we will find ourselves relying upon the kindness of God. Again, the psalmist says in Psalm 52, the second part of verse 1, the King James, it says, the goodness of God endures continually. The goodness, the kindness of God endures for generation after generation after generation. The kindness of God continues forever and ever. Verse 3 of our passage, we see Boaz is introduced, write his name, Boaz. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. As it happened, she found herself working in the field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. I love that phrase. She found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. Church, what I see here is a divine setup. <laughs> 
God is setting you up to bring you up to a higher plane of anointing and usefulness. Did you hear me? God is setting you up to bring you higher. God is setting you up to bring you up to his blessings. God is setting you up because he's got something better for you. You may have hit rock bottom. You may have come to a crossroads in your life. You may have found yourself flat on your back, but I'm here to tell you God is setting you up to do something great in your life. He's setting you up to pour out his anointing, his blessing, because there's something better for you than you've ever experienced in your life till now. Can somebody give him praise? In the story of Ruth, God is setting her up to bless her. And may you and I catch this idea that God is setting us up to bless us. Sometimes we look at things and we begin to cry out, woe is me. We begin to feel sorry for ourselves. We begin to look at things and we say, oh, Lord, life isn't fair. But when you change your perspective that God is setting you up for his blessing, it doesn't matter what dead end you come to. doesn't matter what crossroads you experience. You have the mentality that God's going to bless you. God's going to anoint you. He's going to empower you. And something better is ahead. Can somebody give him praise? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, change your perspective. God's setting us up to bless us. This day of Pentecost, may we see God is setting us up to fill us, to anoint us, and to empower us. <laughs> Just see yourself as a vessel. Empty that vessel of everything and say, Lord, just fill me up. Anoint me, empower me, overflow from my life. Brings us to point number two, Boaz took notice. Verse eight, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. She caught the attention of Boaz. Under A1, favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, favor. <laughs> There's a saying we have around here, favor ain't fair. <laughs> what do we mean by saying favor ain't fair? You cannot describe it, but when it happens, you know it. <laughs> you can't explain it. But when favor's bestowed, suddenly you realize it's by grace. You can't, you can't quite plan for it, but... But, but suddenly, out of nowhere, favor is had. And favor changes circumstances. Favor changes destinies. When you and I step into the favor of God, the Lord begins to do something great. The Lord begins to do something wonderful. Favor ain't fair because I can't explain it. I'm not worthy of it. I'm wretched. I'm undone. I'm unrighteous. But favor says... I'm accepted in the blood of Jesus Christ, and now he is my righteousness. Can somebody give him praise today? Woo. Give me favor over gifting any day. I said give me favor over gifting any day. 
See, your gifting will only take you so far, but favor will take you into a new dimension, a new level. And church, what I need today is the favor of God. What I desire today is the favor of the great I am. Mm. The problem with the church in the 21st century is we're expecting our gifts to take us where only favor can open the door. So we're relying upon a gift that will only get us so far. But I'm here to tell you, when God turns his face, when God turns his countenance toward you, that's the favor of God. And the favor can take you to a higher dimension, to a new plane, to a new season that your gift will never take you to. Can somebody give him praise? Woo! It's often, it is often spontaneous and it happens suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere. But when it happens, you feel the favor. You're seized with the sudden awareness of the goodness of grace. Woo! Grace says, I didn't earn it. And because I didn't earn it, I can't keep it. Oh, but grace says, it's not dependent upon you. It's not based upon your goodness. It's not based upon your, your gifting. It's based upon his love. Woo! Can I hear you today? God's love for you does not change. God's love for you is deeper than the deepest ocean. God's love for you is wider than the greatest valley. God's love for you is higher than the tallest mountain. God's love for you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because he loves you, he will favor you. Can somebody just give him praise? Come on, church. Lift your voice to God. Give him praise today. Give him praise. Worship the Lord today because of his favor. Oh, sit down real quick because I got a, I got a word to share with you today. Mm. It's often spontaneous. It happens suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere. But when it happens, you feel the favor. You're seized by a sudden awareness of the goodness of grace. Psalm 30, verse 5, his anger only lasts for a moment. But his favor lasts a lifetime. The King James puts it this way. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Woo. The day's about to break. In your life, the sun's about to shine. You're coming out of a time of weeping. You're coming out of a time of hardship. You're coming out of a time of trial. You're coming out of a time of darkness. But joy comes in the morning. I'm here to tell you, it may be difficult where you are. It may be hard in the season you're living through right now, but you hold on because the favor of the Lord lasts a lifetime. And his favor will cause the sun to shine in your life once again. Joy comes in the morning. 
Write this under two. Faithfulness is attractive. Mm. Faithfulness is attractive. In a society where we celebrate superficial fleeting things, it's refreshing to be reminded of true attractiveness. You notice the context. He took notice how Ruth had treated her mother-in-law. <laughs> she took notice. Boaz took notice how she was faithful, how she stayed with her, how she cared for her, how she made herself responsible. It wasn't just a, a mother-in-law to her. It was her mom. Whew. And it caught the attention of Boaz. Society where we celebrate superficial fleeting things. It's refreshing to see, reminded of true attractiveness, faithfulness, moral strength, loyalty. Here in verse 8, we're reminded of two things. Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other field. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. Write this under B. You got to stay in the right field. You got to stay behind the right people. Mm. Who are you lining yourself up under? Who are you lining yourself up with? Why are you trying to gather grain in another field when God's planted you? where you are. Mm. Let this speak to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal areas where you need to stay planted and the people you need to emulate. Which brings us to our third point, double portion. I'm ready. You just only experienced the, the tip of the iceberg. God's got a double portion for you. Verse 15, when Ruth went back to her work again, notice that again, the next day, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. <laughs> if she spills over from that which is already left and she comes into the, the main harvest, just let her alone. Just let it, don't, don't bother her. Matter of fact, when you're, when you're picking and you're harvesting and you, you happen to pass her up, Tell you what you do. You leave some grain fools on purpose. You, you leave some whole ears of corn and whole uh, grains of, of wheat. Leave it for her on purpose. Why? Because she found favor. She, she was favored of Boaz. She caught the attention of Boaz. If we look at Boaz as, as in a metaphor sense, you've caught the attention of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus, the Son of the living God, the second person of the Trinity, is just reporting what the Father's already declared. Leave them some handfuls on purpose. <laughs> if, they, if they happen to, to, to get out of that which is left for the poor, the destitute, the orphan, the widow, and they come over into the harvest, just don't bother them. Let them, let them have it because 
I've determined to bless my people. I've determined to bless my church. I've determined to give him a double portion. So write this. Stay in the same field. Stay in the same field. Ruth went back again to work. Ruth understood the principle of where her blessing was found. Her blessing was found in the field of Boaz. Get this. She fought against the mentality of a wandering spirit. She fought against the mentality of a wandering spirit. See, the enemy may not be able to steal your salvation, but what he'll do is he'll plant a wandering spirit within your heart. And he'll get you to move from this place to that place, and you'll never be satisfied. And because you're never satisfied, God can never truly do a work in your life. Listen to what Ruth decided. I'm going back tomorrow, but I'm going back to the same field. I'm going to reject that idea of a wandering spirit. I'm going to stay in the place where God has anointed me, where God has blessed me, because there's a greater blessing yet to come. And I'm here to declare to you, reject that wandering spirit and stay where God has planted you and watch the Lord do a double portion in your life. Can somebody give him praise? This just too much for you to handle. It's just too good. It's just too much. There's too greater anointing. Or is there somebody hungry for more? Is there somebody hungry who'll say, I'm going to stay in that same field. Oh, because I found favor in my Boaz. I found favor in what God's going to do in my life. Woo. Now notice, Boaz ordered. Verse 15, Boaz ordered his young men. See, Boaz had the right to declare Ruth to be blessed by the harvesters. He had a right. Why? Because it was his field. It was his harvest. And he had the authority, being the Lord of that harvest, to declare a blessing. <laughs> you know where I'm going. Go ahead and give him a shout before I get there. <laughs> He had the authority to declare a blessing over Ruth. Why? Because it was his field, it was his harvest, and it was his right to do so. Jesus declared this. Matthew records it in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords, has the authority to command a blessing over your life. He had the authority to command to the apostles and disciples, you go to Jerusalem and you tarry, and you wait until the promise of the Father comes. Why? Because it was his harvest, it was his field, and he had been given authority. So when you and I come under his authority, 
what we're declaring is I'm stepping into his harvest. And because it's his harvest, he's going to anoint me. He's going to give me a double portion. He's going to do something well, that only favor can do. Ooh. Write this under C. Handfuls on purpose. Intentional blessings. Intentional blessings. John in his gospel, chapter 1, verse 16. John's describing the life of the word, the one made flesh. He's describing the life, the impact that Jesus, the Son of God, had upon those who walked with him. He said this, from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. From his abundance you've received one blessing after another blessing, after another blessing, after another blessing. Get this, he's eternal, he's infinite. There's no beginning in him, there's no ending. I may bless you, but my abundance will run low after a period of time. And if that continues on, eventually my abundance will run out. But because he is eternal and it comes out of his abundance, there's no beginning to him, there's no ending to him. So there's no ending to his gift, his blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing. You say, well, I was touched yesterday. I received a blessing last year. Hear me. There's still enough blessing for today. There's still enough anointing for today. You say, well, I'm going through a new season. I'm going through a greater difficult. Hear me. There's gift after gift, blessing after blessing, because he's eternal. He's the great I am. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Somebody give him praise. Woo! The message puts it like this. We live off his generous bounty. Gift after gift after gift after gift after gift. Just when you think you came to the end, there's another strength. There's another blessing. There's another renewal. Mm. Ruth positioned herself by her faithfulness. Your faithfulness today positions you. She positioned herself, write this, by her willingness to pursue. A lot of people don't receive blessing because they don't have the tenacity to pursue. They're waiting for God just to do something, and God's waiting for them just to stand. They're waiting for God to do something, and he's just waiting for them to take a step. You pursue, <laughs> the double portion is going to be there. She positioned herself by her honored character. So let me give us a challenge. Are we positioning ourselves for a double portion? Pursue all the Father has for you. Pursue the presence of the Holy Spirit. Pursue the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Pursue the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Your double portion is awaiting. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, 
all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there's that favor. Suddenly, out of nowhere, suddenly things changed. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the house where they were sitting. Then, after the suddenly, after the favor, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. The last fill in the blank is this. God has an experience for you. Pentecost is to be experienced, not just described. Experienced and not simply spoken about. Pentecost is to be lived out and not simply spiritualized. There's a personal day of Pentecost. There's a corporate day of Pentecost. Musicians, will you please come? As Boaz took notice of Ruth's life, so the Lord is taking notice of your life. As Ruth caught the attention of Boaz, so your life has caught the attention of your God. Your God who is full of kindness. Your God who is full of compassion. Your God who is full of love. Your God who is full of an ability to empower you for a greater service, for a greater anointing, than you've yet experienced in your life. The Lord's taken notice of your hunger, of your thirst, your desire for more. As Boaz commanded his blessing over Ruth, so the Lord is commanding his blessing upon your life. Boaz told those around, let her alone. When you see her, Give her a little extra. When you see her, she's favored. Why? Because I got the ability to favor her. I got the ability and the right to declare blessing over her life. The enemy of your soul may be arguing at the throne why you should not receive favor. Why you should not receive anything else from a loving, compassionate, kind God. But hear me. Jesus Christ, your advocate says, it's my harvest. It's my field. And you've given me all authority in heaven and on earth. And Lord, I've already commanded a blessing that they be filled. I've already commanded a blessing that they be empowered. I've already commanded that a double portion is theirs. So, so Father, send the rain. Send the rain. Is there anybody hungry today? Is there anybody thirsty today? Is there anybody who will step into that field? Who'll step into that harvest and who'll say, It's my blessing, it's my anointing, it's my favor. God has declared to favor you today. But will you pursue that favor? Will you pursue that anointing? Will you pursue that double portion? Will you pursue? <laughs> He's brought you here as a divine setup. Did you hear me? He's brought you here today as a divine setup 
because he's about to take you to a higher season. He's about to take you to a higher plane. There's a double portion for you. Are you hungry? See, Ruth could have could have sat there with Naomi and she could have said, the cupboards are empty. We're just going to sit here and die. We're just going to sit here in self-pity. But she said, no, mama, do you mind if I go out and see if I can find some kindness anywhere? See, she came under authority. And because she came under authority, it just so happened the Holy Spirit led her to the field of a man named Boaz. See, he led him to Boaz's field because Boaz had the wherewithal, the ability, and the right to command blessing upon Ruth. But it never would have happened unless Ruth would have pursued. Are there any pursuers here today? Are there any pursuers here today? If you're willing to pursue, don't wait for your neighbor. Don't wait for the person on the back row. Don't wait for the person on your right or left. If you're willing to pursue, I want you to step out. I want you to come. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to be filled with the anointing. You want to be baptized.